Hello, and welcome to the Four Bronx Community Podcast. My name is Laura Levine Pinedo, and I am the founder and the director of the Four Bronx Project. My journey has led me to such amazing neighbors with such interesting stories, and I am ready to share them with you. I invite you to join us as we meet members of our community, such as small business owners and so much more. Let's support local, and let's have a cup of tea together and chat about all things community. Welcome to another episode of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. It is my absolute honor to welcome our next guest, the Bronx Borough President, Vanessa L. Gibson. Hi, Thank Vanessa. You. Oh How God, are you? Like so, like, Happy holidays. Happy holidays. I'm like fangirling right now. <laughs> so let me read your bio. Okay. On November 2nd, 2021, Vanessa L. Gibson was elected to be the 14th Bronx Borough President to serve the over 1.4 million residents and families that call the Bronx home. A native New Yorker, Ms. Gibson began her career serving the people of the West Bronx. In January 2001, while a student at the University at Albany, Ms. Gibson joined the New York State Assembly intern program and was assigned to then-Assemblywoman Aurelia Green. As an intern, she worked on legislation for the Assemblywoman, attended meetings, and met with constituents and community groups on behalf of the office. Upon graduation, Ms. Gibson served as legislative aide and then advanced to district manager, overseeing the Bronx office. In this position, she was responsible for the day-to-day operations of the district office, supervising the staff and all administrative and constituent services. Ms. Gibson would serve as a district manager for several years until Assemblywoman Aurelia Green resigned from office in May 2009 after 28 years in the Assembly. With community and family support, Ms. Gibson decided to run for the New York State Assembly and was elected to this position in a special election on June 2nd, 2009, to represent the residents and families of the 77th District in the Bronx. Ms. Gibson served for two terms in the New York State Assembly and then ran for an open seat in the New York City Council in 2013 to replace the term-limited council member Helen Diane Foster. Ms. Gibson was elected to the New York City Council in November 2013. As a council member, Ms. Gibson was a leader in education, affordable housing, public safety, and criminal justice reform. Ms. Gibson was also an advocate for alternatives to incarceration, tenant protections, increased training for our police officers, and held the distinction of being the first African-American woman chair of the New York City Council Public Safety Committee. In 2017, she joined then-council member Mark Levine in passing the landmark right to council legislation, which provides free legal representation for income-eligible tenants facing eviction in the housing court. Ms. Gibson has also championed legislation mandating the mayor's office of food policy create a 10-year food strategy for the city of New York that identifies food policies, access to healthier food options, using community gardens, urban agriculture, and access to health bucks to address food deserts. In 2020, she announced her run for Bronx Borough President with a mission to move the Bronx forward with a focus on public safety, food equity, housing, in security, housing insecurity, health and wellness, gender equity, support for the LGBTQ plus IA community, and a myriad of other issues. Ms. Gibson won her primary election in June, the general election in November, and now proudly represents the borough of the Bronx as the first woman and African-American Bronx <coughs> borough president. Despite several 
challenges during the beginning of her first term, Ms. Gibson is optimistic for better days ahead in the Bronx and is honored and thankful for the opportunity to serve in elected office for such a time as this. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you. Thank you. I sound very old. You do not <laughs> sound old. You sound like so successful and you've done so much for the people of this borough. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You are not old. Don't say this. <laughs> so obviously the Bronx for me is the best borough. I'm saying it, not you. I mean, <laughs> uh, born and raised here in the Bronx and very, very proud to say that. So um, let's talk a little bit about where we are currently. We've just gone through a pandemic and, you know, with pandemic comes challenges. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the Bronx is really coming out of this pandemic strong because there's one word that resonates with me for the Bronx is resilience. That's right. I feel that in my own personal self and I know the borough as a whole feels that. So we um, we do have some uh, groundbreaking for a new lower concourse playground. Would you oh, like yeah. to tell us about that? Sure. So thank you so much for the opportunity, Laura, to you and the amazing work you do uh, in Kingsbridge and Riverdale and Van Cortlandt. As so a much. woman, I am proud to work with you because oh, there is so many spaces where women are not often leading and I think when you see leadership that looks like you it's inspiring and it's empowering for our little girls and so I just want to commend you for your incredible work and any opportunity I can any space to talk about this beautiful borough of the Bronx I want to do that because the Bronx is a borough of opportunities and we are a global destination from our historic landmarks we are the greenest borough from our you know different global destinations, Pelham Bay Park, Orchard Beach, Yankee Stadium. I can go on and just talk about the beautiful cultural and different aspects that make the Bronx the best place to live, to work, to do business, and raise our families. Absolutely. So just today, I joined elected officials and city officials at the Parks Department, EDC, uh, local community board leadership from Board 1 and Board 4, and we had a groundbreaking for Lower Concourse Park which is 2.3 acres of new parkland along the Harlem River Greenway uh, at 149th through 144th Street and Exterior Street. It is south of the Mill Pond Park, south of Bronx Point, which is 500 units of affordable housing and the future home of the Hip Hop Museum. And it's also south of the first ever Bronx Children's Museum. And this new park is a $35 million investment by Mayor Eric Adams and his administration. And it is exactly what we want. It is access to parkland, access to open space, access to recreation for our children and families. And it's along the waterfront. And oftentimes the waterfront has been very desolate. We've not had great access to it from an equity perspective, right. but along the Harlem River corridor and the entire frontage, you're seeing a lot of transformation. And future-wise, there's much more to come. The larger plan is about $200 million that we are seeing invested along the Harlem River waterfront, and I'm so grateful. So today was the groundbreaking. Uh, construction is underway. I want to recognize the entire team, and we expect the ribbon cutting to be in spring of 2025. Okay. So Lower Concourse Park wow. is soon coming. The kids are going to love it. They will love it. It's going to be beautiful. They will love it. And we just need to get out more and just get some fresh air and yes, exercise. Yes, exercise, walking, jogging. Yes, yes. yes absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, so New York State Comptroller Thomas Napoli Mm -hmm. released a report recently, right? Yes, this week. What did Mm -hmm. he say about our amazing borough of the Bronx? So, recognizing the incredible leadership of our State Comptroller Tom DiNapoli, who's a friend, a friend to the Bronx, he released his 28th economic snapshot. And in this particular report, it really looked over the past 10 years at the South Bronx, the South South Bronx, (laughs) and the Hunts Point Food Distribution Center. And what we've learned is the Bronx is resilient. We were one of the hardest hit counties through COVID-19. At the highest level in early 2020, our unemployment rate was about 25.6%. But over the last several years, we've created more jobs, job growth, stimulating the economy, creating local jobs, pathways to careers, supporting small businesses, access to capital, access to technical assistance and grants and loans. And now in 2023, we're at 6.5%. So it is an amazing just representation of survival, of resilience, of fighting the good fight, of making sure that the Bronx is no longer burning, that we are not forgotten and left behind and ignored and shortchanged, but we are on the cusp of a new renaissance. Hunts Point and the entire produce market, the large one of the largest markets that provides so much of our produce, the union jobs behind that, looking at all of the new housing, all of the capital projects, I could talk across the borough of a lot of things that are happening right. from the expansion of Metro North to the work at Orchard Beach, to reimagining the Kingsbridge Armory. So the economic snapshot is one of hope, one of opportunity, one of growth, one of resilience, and one of creating a new era for the next generation of leaders in this borough. Absolutely. And I think the resilience definitely starts like on the ground. Yes. And, um, you know, I see it from the work that I do and you represent us and you're, you know, but we are seeing when there's a fire, when there's a tragedy in this borough, the community comes together and yes, really watches for each other. And we are very resilient. So anyone listening to this, thank you for being a community advocate, whatever you're doing yes. and being part of the resilience that makes the Bronx a successful Yes. Borough. We all have a role to play. And the one message I say to Bronxites is that we're all in this together. When we work together, we don't need titles to do the work. We can volunteer. We can adopt a park, a playground. We can develop a tennis association, a civic group. It doesn't matter if we have the right mindset, the right purpose, the right plan, and we have the passion. I call them the three Ps. And we recognize that the Bronx is filled with promise, potential, and we have purpose. We're unstoppable. And so my message to everyone is be a part of your local community board. Be a part of the growth of your neighborhood because we are each other's keepers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Governor Hochul and Mayor Adams allocated a total of $200 million for redevelopment of the Kingsbridge Armory to benefit the local economy. What would you like to share with us about this? Because I'm from Kingsbridge, Riverdale, but I remember it just being a huge building taking up an entire, how many blocks is it? It is uh, one full block, but it's about 600,000 square feet. And I used to think like passing like on the bus, like what's in there? Like, what's going on in there? So we call it the castle in Kingsbridge. It was built in 1917 and started out as a military uh, U.S. Army base. And since then, it's had multiple purposes, all temporary, not a permanent use since World War II. And we are working very collaboratively, very determined, very intentional, very purposeful to reimagine the Kingsbridge Armory because it has long been an eyesore. It's been desolate. It's been vacant. Yes, it's had multiple purposes like 
COVID-19 vaccinations. We've had a homeless shelter there. There were lots of things, but nothing permanent. So working together with Governor Hochul, Mayor Adams, Councilmember Biarina Sanchez, Congressman Espaillat, Assemblymember Tapia, Senator Rivera, and Senator Jackson, those are all the elected officials involved, Community Board 7, and the stakeholders, we formulated an organization and a working group called Together Kingsbridge. And earlier this year in January, we started out with a series of hearings, remote hearings, in-person meetings, visioning sessions, led by EDC, Fernando Ortiz and his team. And I'm so proud to say that after that, we had 4,000 ideas that came out of reimagining the Kingsbridge Armory. There's a lot of momentum. There's an appetite. And Governor Hochul graciously uh, allocated $100 million. Mayor Adams graciously allocated $100 million. Plus, we already had $100 million. Bianina Sanchez and Speaker Adrian Adams, about $12 million. And we're going to continue to keep pouring into this. But it's so large, Laura, that we have multiple uses. We can look at vertical farming. We can look at incubator space, small business development, education, recreation. We can look at healthcare facilities. We can look at you know job training, tech equity, tech hubs. There's so much. And so the RFP is now out by EDC. It was put out uh, in September. The deadline is, is mid-January to entertain any ideas from developers on what we want. But the plan is a community visioning session for us, by us. And if anyone needs any more information or wants to be involved, please visit togetherkingsbridge.com. That's awesome. I can't wait to see what happens there. That's a really, really amazing. Long time coming. Oh, my goodness. Um, So we have a $1 million winner winner of Bronx Green Action Challenge as you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Community college? Sure. Yeah. So our economic development arm of this office is run by BXEDC, led by President Rob Walsh. Okay. It's also the Tourism Council, led by Sulma Arsu-Brown, and Bikni New York, that does all of our loans and micro-loans for businesses, led by Rafael Roger. So together, Rafael, Sulma, and Rob do all of the work to stimulate the economy, support small businesses, work with the Chamber of Commerce, our bids to provide spaces for small businesses, for those that want co-working labs, for entrepreneurs, MWBEs, everything. So we've been working the last several months with the New York Power Authority in the state to provide a first-of-its-kind Green Action Challenge grant. And it's a competition for all public and private colleges in the Bronx that would be awarded a $1 million grant for coming up with a comprehensive energy efficiency and sustainability project for their campus. How do we reduce food waste? How do we look at solar energy, solar power, sustainability? How do we make sure campuses are ready for the next 50 years addressing climate change and environmental justice? So seven colleges submitted incredible proposals, but we can only get one winner. And a few weeks ago, we joined BXEDC and New York Power Authority, and we announced Bronx Community College as the winner of the $1 million Green Action. Congratulations, Bronx Community College. Yes. Great things. And more to come. We'll have more competitions coming. Okay, yes. Mm -hmm. There's so many great ideas out there in this borough, and there's Mm -hmm. so many people. It's amazing. Absolutely. It's amazing. Um, Now, I have to shout out, because on my podcast, we had one of the original hip-hop Cold Crush Brothers, you okay, know them. Of course I know DJ them. Tony Crush. He was episode number three. Yes. Shout out DJ Tony. So this is the 50th anniversary of hip hop, 
and hip hop started in the borough of the Bronx. Yes. So what what were some things that were highlighted this year? Is there any more events coming up? You know, what's cert- there's a museum coming, I know. What's going on? So the Hip Hop Museum is currently in construction. It's okay. going to be housed in the Bronx Point building along the Harlem River waterfront. And it is slated to be open in early spring 2025. Shout out to Rocky Bucano, the executive director of the Hip Hop Museum, but all the hip hop pioneers. Hip Hop 50, August 11th, 1973, the birthplace of hip hop started out with, you know, DJ Cool Herc and his sister Cindy Campbell, who had the first community party in their community room at 1520 Sedgwick Avenue. And fast forward, that created the genre that we know as hip hop. So you have DJ, you know, so many DJs, so many VJs and so many uh, bad boys and B-girls and B-boys and dancers and designers, everything that hip hop just represents. And a lot of us grew up on that in the 80s and the 90s. We grew up on hip hop with boom boxes because that was our way to connect with other young people. It was our identity, right? Right. So I want to shout out not just Cold Crush Brothers, but the first female MC, MC Shy Rock, who's yep. from Lambert Houses in the Bronx. Okay. I want to shout out Grandmaster Melly Mel, Grandmaster Kaz, so many of my friends that are hip hop pioneers, right? Theodore Grand Wizard, so many. Hip Hop 50 for us was the best celebration. We had the most amazing concert at Yankee Stadium on August 11th. KRS-One moved into 1520 and we had a big party on Sedgwick Avenue that weekend. I invited Nice and Smooth who are also from the Bronx, Teller mm-hmm. Avenue, shout out to Greg Nice and Smooth B. We had a hip hop concert at St. Mary's Park. We had a lot of events celebrating. We also had a blood drive with the New York Blood Center recognizing Hip Hop 50 and we gave out Hip Hop 50 shirts. Everything we did in July and August had a hip hop 50 component Uh, there was a lot of stuff happening all across the city so I don't want to just say the Bronx but Queens did their thing Brooklyn did their thing Manhattan Harlem Mayor Adams was all over but it for us is who we are as a people 50 years ago no one ever thought that hip hop would take it this far right right? like Biggie said and now we in a limelight right Mm -hmm. time to rhyme tight And it's just an amazing global empire that started in our borough. And we take all credit. Others do too. But we all have a role to play. Right. From the fashion, from the music, from everything that hip hop represents. And so building out a hip hop museum and the preservation of the artifacts of history from the record player to the cassette player. I mean, that's how we grew up. We grew up on cassette players and we had record players and all of the artifacts that will be maintained in a hip hop museum, but the jobs that it will stimulate. People from all across the world are going to come right here to the Bronx. It's going to boost tourism like unbelievably. Absolutely. Do you remember the Walkmans? I used to think I was so cool yes, on my school bus. Yes, with the I remember the Walkmans. Absolutely. Yes. We, listen, we struggled, guys. We had to rewind the VHS tape. <laughs> Hit play. If the, if the yes. movie was long, yes. we had two VHS tapes. Yes. That's how I learned the lyrics to songs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Frontwards, backwards, yes. everything. <laughs> so, to speak a little bit about the Bronx Children's Museum that opened last year and how that's boosting tourism here in the Bronx. So the Bronx Children's Museum started out as an idea in 2005, and I want to recognize number 12, Adolfo Carrion Jr., who at that time was borough president and worked with Hope Harley and so many others to create the idea of a children's museum. And at that time in 2005, we'll be the only borough without a children's museum. Every other borough had its own museum except the Bronx. So the Bronx Children's Museum formed a non-for-profit, and Carla Pretch was the founding executive director, and we started to do school 
school-based programs, and we had a mobile unit, a bus. We had Maria from Sesame Place as the you know curator of what it meant to be from the Bronx. We talked about the high bridge, the oldest standing walking bridge in the city of New York. We talked about everything that was a part of the history of the borough from the perspective of arts, culture, and education. And fast forward, it took years identifying a space, getting all of the funding. I often say it took three borough presidents, Adolfo, Ruben, and myself. It took three mayors, three city council speakers, <laughs> and elected officials to raise the millions of dollars needed to ultimately open. So last year in 2022, we finally opened the doors of the first ever Bronx Children's Museum. It's in a Parks Department building on Exterior Street on the second floor, right next to Mill Pond Park. Mm -hmm. It's currently free because we're raising money to maintain that it will be free, but it's not open seven days a week. It's open on a limited basis now as we build out, but we do make appointments with schools so they can come and visit, but it's beautiful. And can I also share that our first lady, Dr. Jill Biden, came and visited earlier this year because oh, really? she is an educator and our Supreme Court Justice, our very own Sonia Sotomayor, came to visit as well. Like, this has been incredible. One of our board members is Dr. Valerie Washington, who is the mother of our very own actress, Kerry Washington, who's from the Bronx. So we have heavy hitters. Yes, we do have some heavy hitters. And I'm yes. sitting right next to one of them. We have heavy hitters. And I also want to recognize Sonny Houston, who's okay. one of our Walk of Fame inductees, who's a board member of Bronx Children's Museum from The View. Sonny Houston is from the Bronx, and she's also a board member of the Children's Museum. That's amazing. That's really amazing. <laughs> so um, I could just say like a little bit, you know, I'm a grassroots, concrete roots, whatever you call it, nonprofit. What is your, <laughs> totally grassroots, but we call it concrete roots. What is your words of encouragement to people out there right now who are activists for their community? And it's tough. It's, it's giving out food, you know, like redirection in the freezing cold. What is your words to them? Like, how can we all work together to ensure that our borough is taken care of? I would say to anyone out there that is grassroots, activists, uh, advocates on the ground, giving of themselves, to make a difference, helping a neighbor, helping children, helping families, is to not give up. Our children, our families need us so much, and sometimes they don't always acknowledge it, but the need is there, the need is great. And we learned that during COVID-19, when we saw long lines at food pantries and soup kitchens, when we now built out community fridges, because we realized that there is a population of unsheltered individuals that need a lot of help, some of the highest rates of asthma in our borough, so accessing healthy food is critical for our stability, affordable, housing where families can go home and have a proper meal and not have to worry about heat and hot water and a working elevator. These are basic essentials that everyone should be afforded. Absolutely. But for some many reasons, it's not happening across the city. So my message to many of our not-for-profits is don't give up. It's hard out so here, hard. especially for women and marginalized communities, communities of color, LGBT communities, people with disabilities that have often been forgotten. You are not forgotten. You are valuable you are worthy and we need your help and sometimes it takes people on the ground people that are often closest to the challenge are closest to the solution right. I don't say problem I say challenge because it's challenging and we can get over this 
we have come such a long way in the Bronx. Absolutely. We had some of the highest rates of everything, crime, poverty, but look at how far we have come. And it hasn't been as a result of government. It's because the people demanded better and because government had to step up. And so as a result of that, we are here. But it doesn't mean that we stop. It doesn't mean we sit back. It means that we keep fighting the good fight. Right. So my message to everyone is to be encouraged, to be empowered, find something you love to do, be the best at it, be your authentic self, and don't let anyone try to stop you. And you know firsthand, when you try to host events that people are not used to and they push back, it's oh, because, really? That's pushing. No, I'm kidding. because <laughs> of the uncertainty, right. because of, of, of what lies ahead, because they don't know. But sometimes it's the best medicine that you could ever give them. So right. I tell everybody, keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep, keep pushing. pushing it. So um, I'm going to do, you don't know these questions. I'm going to okay. do a 60 second lightning round with you. Okay. I feel like I'm Andy Cohen and Bravo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I love Andy Cohen. It's all fun. It's all good. Okay. okay. But you don't, you don't know these. So let's go. So let's go. Lightning round with Bronx Borough President Vanessa okay. Gibson. Favorite color. Red. Favorite slice of pizza in the Bronx. Ooh. Mm. Uh, Giovanni's. Where's that? Uh, 149th Street, Grand Concourse. Bacon, egg, and cheese or chopped cheese? Bacon, egg, and cheese. These are the hardest questions you've ever yeah. answered. Bacon, egg, and cheese. And where are you getting it? Uh, at the local deli. The bodega? In my neighborhood, my bodega. <laughs> what is your guilty pleasure? Chocolate. Chocolate. Milk, dark, white? Oh. White. White chocolate? Like cookies chocolate. and cream? You like that? Yeah, I love cookies okay. and cream. And white macadamia. White macadamia. Mm -hmm. Favorite TV show? Oh, God. The Martin series with Martin Lawrence. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I watch it all the time. Where in the Bronx is parking the hardest to find? Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere. But let me say around courthouses, 161st yes. Street and Grand Concourse. Oh, I definitely Ubered today yes. because this yes. is not happening. <laughs> uh, favorite musical artist growing up? Ooh, artist? Uh... Well, I guess I could say Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. I'm dying to meet her. You haven't met her? No. But I'm going to get girl, close to her. Yonkers. She's right? Yonkers, yeah. yes. I'm going to get her. Yeah. I'm going to get Mary J. Blige, what is going on? You need I love to Mary. She came to the hip hop museum. No? Was she there? Or no, she there. was at the Yankee Stadium concert, though, oh. but I didn't get to meet her. Oh, no. This is going to have to I happen. I saw Common. So. I love Common. Common. Common's great. Um, we're, you and I are going shopping. Are we going to Fordham Road or the Hub? Ooh. Fordham Road. I was going to say the same thing. Fordham Road. I'll, I'll yeah. show you all the good spots. Fordham Road. When I was in college, I used to get an outfit, shoes, everything for like 20 bucks. <laughs> Fordham Road. Favorite holiday? My favorite holiday. My birthday. Yes. <laughs> when is your birthday? March 19th. Okay. I'm a Pisces. Pisces. Yes. Favorite Yankee player ever? Uh, Derek Jeter. I knew you were going to say. I don't know why. Yeah. J-Lo or Cardi B? Two Bronx girls. Cardi B. Cardi B. Yes, of course. Okay, um, if we were going to do a reality TV show in the Bronx, such as The Real Housewives, what section <laughs> of the Bronx do you think would be the juiciest? Uh, wow, The Real Housewives. <laughs> what neighborhoods? See, that, that's a trick Riverdale. question, because what is it based on? Uh, Real Housewives of Highbridge. Okay, I gotta Highbridge, go to Highbridge. Yeah. I love Highbridge. What is your favorite fashion accessory? Jewelry. And what is the one thing that the Bronx Borough president cannot leave her house without? Earrings. Okay, thank you yep. so much for yep. playing that. I knew I knew you would ask that question. Yeah, I always if I if I forget my earrings, I will go back and get them. 
or I'll buy a pair while I'm out. You have, you need earrings. I need earrings. I need chapstick. Yes, yes. That's so. But chapstick's not jewelry. I know. Uh, oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. <laughs> so I mean, really, all jokes aside, like this is like you must be so proud. You are the first woman borough president and the first African American borough president. Yes, I am. I mean, what is you? You came in here in 2020. What has been your proudest moment serving this borough? thus far every day but what was one memory that sticks out to you I have lots of great memories I've only been borough president for a year 11 months and 30 days but who's counting (laughs) and it's really the honor of my life whenever I walk in this office and I have an entire wall uh, a gallery of all the borough presidents starting from Henry Bruckner as the first borough president all the way to myself and when I look at that wall I see such promise because I am a first, but I shouldn't be the last. And I have many profound moments that I have just felt such joy being borough president in my time, in my, you know, tenure. But I think, you know, if I could just put it together, I would say when I visit schools and little girls come up to me and they are excited about meeting me, they want my autograph. And sometimes they don't even have paper and they want me to sign their arm. And I'm like, no, I can't sign your arm because you have to wash your arm and it'll come off. And And it just makes me feel so good because I dedicate my life to this position because I want every little girl and every little boy in this borough to see the hopes and the possibilities and to know that no matter what, no matter where you live, no matter what you look like, your religion, your language, your block never blocks your blessing and your zip code never denies your destiny. But if you have dreams, dream big. If you have a destiny, fulfill it. If you have a vision, carry it out. Be your authentic self. Society always wants to judge us by what we look like, the style of our hair, the texture. We've had to put all these new laws in place. There's a new law now in the city where you can't discriminate on someone based on their height and weight. Thank you. My God. Thank you. And, I know. But why do we have to do that? Because it happens, it happens so much. So much. And, and pay parity for women where women are still behind our male counterparts and we are equally as qualified with for many of these positions. So I think about all of that and I think about how far this has come, the story of the Bronx, one of resilience, one of survival. You have to be built to serve this borough, honestly. You have to. And you have to be strong to survive. The strong will always survive. But it also takes a real dedication to look at the promise and potential when you don't see it, right? You know, Malcolm King and so many others always said, Martin, uh, Dr. King, always said, sometimes it's about going up the steps when you don't see what's at the top, but you still keep going. And that's important sometimes. And I think a lot of us are fearful of the unknown because we don't know what lies ahead. We live in a country of uncertainty. We are, you know, putting more money in wars, but yet we can't feed the poor, right? In the words of Tupac. And we have to make sure that there's a real recognition that Americans, New Yorkers, Bronxites need help, right? We don't allow someone to fall all the way on the ground before we lift them up. Absolutely. But most often you see it. You see people sinking. Help them. Don't let them hit the ground. Pick them up. Give them a job. Give them a program. Help them. And so many times we just turn a blind eye to people as if 
if they're not human, but yet and still they are our brothers and sisters, not until it affects us personally. But I always say it shouldn't affect you personally. That homeless person that you see on the train that you turn away from that asks for money, that asks for food, has a family. And sometimes their family has turned away from them. And we can't do it. And I get it. I get a lot of it is around public safety. I absolutely do. But I also think we have to be a more humane society that accepts us for who we are with no criticisms, fact focusing on the fact that we have more in common than we do that divides us. And, and as borough president, I push and I'm trying to push um, housing, development projects, responsible development in communities that have not seen it. And because it's not fair, it's not fair as borough president that some people will say, well, build 2,000 units of housing in Kingsbridge, but then if we go to another neighborhood, they build 50. How was that fair? That's not fair. And I get it. I understand. And so to me, this work is about real commitment, real dedication, real intention, real determination, and real purpose. And my job, my responsibility every day, my office, we work so hard to represent this borough. And we want to make sure that we work with credible messengers and trusted partners that share and align with our values and our priorities. Right. Absolutely. And what's your word of advice to like a small business owner now that's either struggling or someone who wants to go into business is really excited about it opening a business here in the Bronx I would say the Bronx is ready to do business the Bronx means business the Bronx is business and my economic development team is working very closely with SBA with the state with the city and tapping into money a few weeks ago we made an incredible announcement we found 10 million dollars from the New York empowerment zone that had remained unspent since 1994 when Bill Clinton was president. And now we're able to give out $5,000 loans all the way up to $350,000. And when we announced that with Congressman Richie Torres, we had 175 applicants. We're focusing on distressed areas, uh, environmental justice areas in the South Bronx and Port Morris and Mott Haven, Highbridge, the South Bronx. But we're also focusing on the entire borough. Bickney, New York does loans, micro loans. We are working with the tech industry. We are looking at research and life sciences, we're looking at emerging industries that sometimes have not been embraced and also have not been a reflection of the diversity of our city. When you think about tech, when you think about research, when you think about life sciences, when you think about gaming, look at the industry, the gaming. We just opened the first ever, I'm so proud, shout out to Dream Yard with Jason um, Dolshin and Tim Lord. We just opened the first ever Bronx Gaming and Entrepreneurship Center on 164th Street and in Melrose in uh, an apartment building that has affordable housing that was built by Bronx Pro and Dream Yard is running this gaming and entrepreneurship center. That's, That's dope. That's so cool. Like, like I, I, my, my nephew, everyone loves to play video games. What about the designing of the video game? Like being the architect behind it. That's where the money and that's where the careers are. Absolutely. So we're looking at creativity. We're looking at innovative approaches, but we also know that we still have a population that doesn't see these industries in the fashion we do. Like if you think about cannabis and what's happening with the legalization of marijuana. We look at it from an equity and a justice perspective. Look at the harshness that marijuana has caused in communities of color with the criminal justice system. So we're trying to right a wrong from decades
decades of right. devastation and disinvestment. Capping the Cross Bronx, some of the highest rates of asthma. The Cross Bronx was built to divide neighborhoods from the Harlem River to the Hutchison River, thanks to Robert Moses, and we want to put a platform over it to transform it. So there's a lot of ambitious things we have in store, but we need people to buy into it and to support our work. Right, right. I think the Bronx is definitely building for sure, and there's so many Bronx businesses, and you know, it's just it's really really great, yeah. and you know, there's a lot of things happening in our boroughs. So. Yes, and I definitely want to make sure that when you talk about economic development, you talk about the economic snapshot of the borough. We have incredible organizations on the ground, and I want to recognize the Bronx Chamber of Commerce. My sister Lisa Sarn, I was just with her earlier this week, doing amazing work. The Chamber of Commerce reflects the borough, and during the pandemic, it was the chamber that came to me, and we hosted a number of remote hearings and workshops on helping businesses with payroll, with some of the uh, oversight of agencies, with management, everything you can think of. Right. And also, I want to recognize our business improvement districts. We have 13. 13 the newest right one being Castle Hill Bid. Shout out to Sasha and her team. We have Westchester. We have Southern Boulevard. We have 161. We have just a number of business improvement districts, Morris Park, that are doing this work every single day. So right. shout out to Lisa. Shout out to everyone that's doing this great work. And I also want to recognize our banks. If it wasn't for organizations like Ponce Bank and Apple, we would not be able to get the financing, right? right. Because we also need to make sure that our credit gets it, right? Yes. <laughs> that we have good credit, we have access to credit. And so working with the Chamber of Commerce, working with Ponce Bank and Apple uh, and TD Bank, working with Orange Bank, so many of our incredible organizations, BXEDC has been a huge part of that. And so I want to say thank you again to everybody because the very best is yet to come. We're just getting started. I'm, I'm really, really excited for this. So um, I just wanted you to know there are a few nonprofits that I want to shout out that maybe okay. you don't know, but uh -huh. I just want you to like know yeah, about them. Of course. Friendly Fridge BX. Have you heard of them? 242nd Street? No. They, okay. thousands and thousands of pounds of food nice. redirected to people in the Kingsbridge Marble okay. area. Okay. Uh, giving Friends over okay. in the Drog's Neck area, Pelham Bay. Amazing. Okay, yes. Nice. And um, yeah, and KRVC, which is our home. Of course, yes. You know, KRVC, KRVC in Fort Bronx. So I just want yes. you to know there's so many warriors out there and so many more yeah. that are working to advocate for this borough of the Bronx. Yeah. So, I mean, there are organizations like Grassroot Groceries. Yes. I want to shout them out. They do great shout work. Shout them out. And as well as so many of our environmentalists. And I want to recognize South Bronx Unite and YMPJ. The Bronx is blooming. I love the Bronx. So many of our organizations that have been on the ground in the trenches for years. Yes. We just had a press conference last week with the Department of Environmental Conservation, DEC, and there's a $3.5 million commitment of grants for the entire state, but for New York City, it's about $1.5 million. Uh, Youth Ministries, Peace and Justice, YMPJ, mm -hmm. uh, with David Shuffler, uh, Bronx is Blooming with Jennifer and her team, South Bronx Unite with Michael Johnson, and I want to also recognize We Act. They do great work. These are organizations that are going to get grant money, and let's talk about how we can reduce asthma rates. We can reduce our carbon footprint, right? right? And look at different modes of transportation, whether it's biking, e-scooter, whether it's ferry service, yes. Metro North, yes. all of these great things that are happening in the That's Bronx. Coming, so I'm right? so we already have ferry service in Soundview and right. Ferry Point Park, but we're looking at expanding it potentially in City Island or Beach Place area uh, in the East Bronx, East Bronx and Hunts Point and okay. the West Side. The Metro North, we're getting four stations, Co-op City, Hunts Point, Morris Park, uh -huh. and Parkchester Van Ness. Wow. wow. Mm -hmm. How many times do you say Bronx in one day? <laughs> A lot. Probably as much as Mayor Adams says rats. 
Yeah, we got, we got he like, hates rats. He hates rats. Rats, hates rats, rats, rats. He hates rats, 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 rats. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much. Do you want to leave any word of encouragement one more time for our amazing borough? Sure. I just want to say to everyone out there, thank you so much for all that you do to lift up the Bronx, to allow the Bronx to be where it is today. Long gone are the dark days of devastation and disinvestment and the Bronx being first in everything bad. We're going to lead in everything good from health, disparities to health and wellness to great schools to clean parks to clean streets to addressing public safety to reducing poverty to increasing employment opportunities and pathways to careers for young people and growing our families the Bronx is the place to be the place to live the place to work the place to raise your family and do business and we are excited about these opportunities we are not going to leave any money on the table because the reality is we want to make sure that we tap into industry that have not often welcomed the Bronx. We are a borough of opportunity, a global destination, and we encourage you to take advantage from the Bronx Zoo to the Botanical Garden to the Bronx Children's Museum, the Bronx Museum of the Arts, Bregones Theater, Ghetto Film School, Bronx River Art Center, Bronx River Alliance, Van Cortland Park Alliance, all of the great organizations like KRVC that are doing this work every day. (laughs) Shout out to Women of Woodlawn. Shout out to Female Fighters. Shout out to everyone because you all make me look good by the work you do every day and from all of us at Bronx Borough Hall my deputy borough president Janet Peguero and everyone we say thank you gracias a todos que Dios te bendiga God bless you all and let's continue to build the BX y'all BX forever and ever and thank you so much I've always been a proud Bronx girl but I'm just so much more now so thank thank you you. (laughs) thank you so much so I really it's been an honor Madam President and I really really want to thank you for joining us and taking time out of your busy schedule to speak to the community. And until next time, community. Well, friends, that wraps up another episode of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, email me today at laurafourbronx at gmail.com. Join us next time.